This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again to get ready for some Steelers football. Man, we had a week off and that bye week, as much as it helps the team, if you're a diehard fan, you're like, oh, I just want to watch some black and gold football. Hey, friends, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, co-host of Here We Go, the Steeler pregame show. And here we go. We're going to announce my other co-host. His name is KT Smith. Coach Smith, how are you, my friend? Doing great, Brian. I, I uh, was listening there as you talked about wanting to get back to watching some black and gold football. And I was thinking, you know, honestly, last Sunday, just it felt boring. You know, I mean, like, just, I mean, I, I like, I get the bye week. I understand the need for it. But selfishly, I, I wanted some Steeler football. And you know what, as fans, we are fairly selfish when it comes to the team for so many different reasons. And that's, you know, that's our fandom because it's something we're so passionate about each and every one of us in Steeler Nation. And, you know, you kind of feel lonely during that bye week. It's just a, but it's over. So you've got a bunch of football now as harrowing as as it's going to be for the Steelers to have 11 games in a row and possibly more than that, if they make the playoffs and that being the goal, of course, then, you know, it's going to be a grind for them. So a much needed week off is fantastic. Now, the second buy of the season, if you get one, is so much better because you're just you're watching other teams knowing that your team is playing next week in the playoffs and they are getting a break. So that's always a good thing to have that buy. But it's still weird when your team's in the playoff and you're watching other teams. Yeah, that second buy is, I don't want to say a pipe dream right now, but <laughs> it is. Yeah, let's, just, let's just say, yeah, let's just say that that qualifying for the for the postseason right now would be wonderful. I, you know, I actually thought this buy came at a pretty good time because if you think back to the Seattle game, the last game we had before the buy, granted the Steelers won, and that's always a beautiful thing, but they really got exposed in some areas just the second week in a row where at home they weren't able to hold a, a, a decent lead uh, or they, they had to sort of like battle through, you know, a, a comeback from their opposition. And then the tackling was really terrible. Um, and, and then, you know, you have Juju Smith-Schuster done for the season. So now you have to quite, you know, try to figure out exactly how you're going to replace him. So I think the Steelers had a lot to work on. And, uh, and you know, that buy gave him an opportunity to do so. You got a big game with Cleveland and then two winnable games at home against Chicago and Detroit. I mean, if the Steelers handled their business on Sunday, they could be six and three as they head into the real tough part of their schedule. So I think that this is a really great time for them to sort of set up the next three weeks 
and try to just kind of iron out some of the issues that have been exposed so far in the early part of the season. Now, when you take a look at the schedule, Kevin, you just did. You talked about uh, this game and the two after that. If they go ahead and take care of business and win this week, the next two weeks, they're not givens because nothing is a given in the National Football League. But these are games that they should win against Chicago, who is actually three and three, believe it or not, and Detroit. Detroit is a game that uh, you definitely need to win. But if you're a team that lets your guard down against lesser teams, then you could possibly do that as well. This is a team that knocked off the Ravens, but it didn't count because of uh, some officials and uh, bad calls and a whole lot of luck with a, uh, an amazing field goal. Well, sk- luck and skill when it comes to Justin Tucker, but I digress. So what I'm saying here is you mentioned the fact that it's a pipe dream. The Steelers right now are in the AFC standings, the number eight team, but they're sitting at three and three. The number one team is the Cincinnati Bengals right now, and they're sitting at five and two. So with that being said, you know, you're you're pretty i mean it's not like you're you have an undefeated team or a one win team up there you uh these it would not be hard for any team to go on a roll in the AFC and jump five or six spots in the playoff standings so that would be very interesting but only one team gets that by so i see what you're saying but a guy can dream can he no you're right you're right i just feel like the Way the Steelers, I don't want to say the Steelers are an illegitimate three and three. That would be an unfair thing to say because they knocked off one of the best teams in the league on the road in week one, and then they had a bad stretch. Uh, the last two weeks, they've obviously won won a couple of games to come back. They haven't looked real convincing doing it. I just keep thinking about that closing eight games where the the final eight teams that they play currently have a combined record of twenty nine and seventeen, and they get and five of those eight games are on the road. So I mean. I'm not trying to say, oh, well, if they go four and four, that that's great. Because like you said, anything can happen. Uh, to, to quote Mike Tomlin, I loved this quote from Mike Tomlin this week. Never say never, but never. Uh, <laughs> in, re- in reference to his coaching at USC. So you should never say never in the sense that they couldn't get one of those buys. I just feel like the closing stretch is going to be really, really tough. And so to be a playoff team, uh, winning these next three games will be huge for them. If they can be six and three heading into those final eight games, I think that they've set themselves up pretty well. Well, let's do a schedule gut check then, Kevin. So this week, let me go ahead and get, I don't need your score prediction, but what's your gut check with the Steelers? Uh, win or loss? It's a uh, win. Okay. Win. And, and, and it, it's truly a gut check because I don't have a, my, I kind of have a, a rule in my life when I'm indecisive, go with my gut. Okay. And, um, and that's served me well uh, on a lot of things. And uh, actually is the reason I'm married to a wonderful woman, because <laughs> there was, a, you know, there was a strong gut feeling about her, but um, I just feel, I don't, you, I could make an intellectual argument for a win or a loss this week. And sure. I think when you put, when you put everything on the scales, it really sort of kind of balances out either way, but I just have a sense that with the bye week, the Steelers are going to come up with a game plan that is going to be very, very effective. I think back to the Bills game week one, and they had, you know, all pretty much all summer to game plan for Buffalo. And they threw at Josh Allen a defense that neither he nor 
the Bills staff was really prepared for. They played nothing but nickel and dime. They played no base defense, not one snap of base defense, uh, three, four against the, against the Bills. They played a ton of 60 back looks. They used really, really creative uh, schemes with their, with their linebackers, you know, doing things like lining uh, Melvin Ingram up at, at middle linebacker and running some three deep defense uh, down, or I'm sorry, um, outside linebacker looks. So, you know, you give the Steelers some time to prepare, and, and I think that they're, they do a great job with it. They've been very successful out of the bye week the last few weeks, and I just get a feeling that they've been preparing for this Cleveland game, I think, uh, not just in the last two weeks, but I think that aspects of it throughout the entire early part of the season. So I just think they'll be ready. Okay, well, fantastic. We're going to keep on going with the schedule before we get into the Browns, Kevin, because I just want to get your feeling for this. So, and we can really just, uh, we'll just go through these quickly. We can go win or loss. So Monday night football on the ninth against Chicago at home. Win. Detroit the next week at home. This is the, of the three, this is the one I feel the least confident about. Really? Such a, such a trap game. And the Lions have been much better than their record indicates. They, Lions have had, mo- they got blown out once or twice, but they've had most teams on the ropes. Uh, and, you know, I think that they I think that they're a team that's easy to overlook. I think the Steelers will win. I do. I'm going but, to that game, so they better. Oh, they better then. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so the here's here's an interesting game. And if they have success on the West Coast, it usually is against the Chargers, but the Chargers are a better team. So the 21st in LA against the Bolts. I think they'll lose that game. Okay. I, I, th- I think the, I think their quarterback is playing phenomenal football. I had a chance to really sit down and I wasn't even trying. I was doing a film room for something totally unrelated, but it was against the Chargers. And I just, I just found myself watching him and man, is he good. All right. So the next week is a big showdown. It'll be in Cincy against the Bengals. See, okay. Now you really got me because. <laughs> Because to project that far down the road now for me gets very murky, you know, because and I I get it. I'm not holding you to these. I'm just what we do this at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Okay. Spit them out. Okay. uh, Loss. Okay. So uh, the week after that, Baltimore at home. When? The week uh, just a few days later on the December 9th in Minnesota against the Vikings. Uh, when the week after that you've got the tennessee titans after a long break for the steelers so a 10-day layoff a mini buy they're going to have the tennessee titans at home mm, that's a tough one too physical tennessee's so physical and the steelers struggle with that which is my biggest reservation about cleveland this week but what the heck this doesn't actually have any legal and binding implications whatsoever. So I'm going <laughs> I to love say you, win. man. That's great. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next week, a couple days after Christmas, you go uh, to see the other Santa Claus, Andy Reed in Kansas city. It's the chiefs. That's a loss. Okay. Then after that, you are on Monday night football against the Cleveland Browns. They're going to sweep the Browns. What the hell? They're going to sweep the Browns. When? You know, it's funny. I, I'm not looking at the schedule. This is all on the top of my head. This is how much I've looked at the schedule because of my duties here at BTSC. <laughs> and finally, the uh, final week of the season, it will be 
the Baltimore Ravens in Charm City? Uh, I'm going to say a loss, which I think will have me putting them at 10 and 7, which I think is right about where I, you know, I kind of, before the season started, saw them at 9 and 8, but optimistically 10 and 7. So I can, you know, if they can get some stuff straightened out and stay healthy, I think 10 and 7 is, uh, very, is achievable. That's very good. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people would be thrilled with 10 and 7 because sure. we, we've never dealt with a 10 and 7 before. Because weird, doesn't it? Yeah, we've never had it because you're used to nine and seven. So ten and seven is what the possibly the new ten and six because of that extra game, uh, you know, playing extra games and because of parity, you would think that uh, that teams would lose that extra game. So ten and seven's not bad. So the reason I did that exercise is that would probably put this team in a, in a wild card position. Yes. Yeah, I think so. But anything can happen. Because if you look at the teams below you, Kevin, we we could already say eliminated, even though they're not eliminated, but you could really say the Jets, the Texans, the Jags, and the Dolphins are eliminated. Correct. I could honestly say in my head that I think Denver is on Denver's that three-game winning streak at the beginning, and now it's a four-game losing streak. I think they're done. Me too. So that's five teams right there. And then 11 teams looking for seven spots. The Colts are a weird team because don't look now. They're like three and four. So, you know, that's a team that, that could reel off some wins in that division. So it could be really interesting, but they do have the Tennessee Titans this weekend. Uh, but with that being said, the Steelers have a tiebreaker over a team, uh, over a team like Denver but we've already eliminated them in our own minds and they've got a tiebreaker over Buffalo, but the tiebreaker is really not going to mean much over Buffalo unless the Steelers win the division because Buffalo is going to win that division. Yeah. I think of those 11 teams, teams like Indy and new England are certainly vulnerable. And then the Steelers are going to have to leapfrog somebody in the AFC North. There's probably three North teams that are going to make the playoffs. The North's really good. Yeah. So, so who do they leapfrog? I mean, if they beat Cleveland twice, it's going to be Cleveland. I, I see the Browns as the most vulnerable because Baltimore, just with their run game, is uh, and, and and their combination of, you know, they're they're just I, Baltimore feels like a playoff team, and I, I hate to say, but Cincinnati looks for real. I'm not they, saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but I mean in terms they of, really do. I think they're. I don't. I don't think their success is a fluke at all. No, I, I think they've built something special there. Um, but that's a team with one injury on offense to one of those studs. It's going to kill that team. And you don't wish that, but I'd be interesting to see what they do. I'm still not convinced with their offensive line, but we will see as we go. And it's, it's really exciting because this is the North is awesome. It's so much fun. But with that being said, we need to talk about one team in the North this week, and it's the Cleveland Browns. They are going to be hosting the Steelers at home. Kevin, would you agree with me when I say that Cleveland hates the Steelers more than the Steelers hate Cleveland? A hundred percent. Don't they call this Steelers week in Cleveland? Yeah. 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 Well, there's no such thing as Browns week in Pittsburgh. No. They're, they're <laughs> no. The only 
The only time it's Browns week is if BTSC or any other media outlet create it. <laughs> you know what I mean? To say, yeah. hey, it's Browns week to, to get people excited. But no, right. they, they call it that there because it's a big deal to them. And it always has been. Um, Steelers have been punching this team in the mouth for years. And they got too straight on the Steelers and they're feeling it. And they've got three out of four in the Steelers. I mean, actually, excuse me, uh, three out of five, three out of five on the, on the Steelers and they're feeling it. So with that being said, you know, they really, they really want to beat Pittsburgh more than Pittsburgh wants to beat them. Now Pittsburgh wants to beat them, but this is an obsession with them. This is something that, if uh, if they lose to Pittsburgh, it's one of those things that it, it just like foiled again, like they're Gargamel. <laughs> you know I mean? uh, yeah. So that that's the thing with this team. I remember back in 1988, they uh, I'm a big Pittsburgh Pirates fan, unfortunately, and I remember they were coming on after years of losing, and the uh, the Mets were in first place, and they were getting close to the Mets, and the radio they had they had a chant going um where where they switched the uh the letters around to call it muck the fets and stuff like that um it it was one of these things that uh they just uh everybody in pittsburgh was going crazy because the mets were coming in for a three-game series and my buddy who is a diehard mets fan still is he said to me he said man Pittsburgh is just another team to the Mets. And I thought about that all the time. And, and that's how I feel about, about the Browns usually, but now because of the miles Garrett incident, because of a few things, they're sticking in my craw a little bit. And those fans have got, got me feeling uh, like I really want to beat them more than ever. And I'm not playing. I'm not a part of the Wii. So I, that's why I'm living vicariously through this team and I'm hoping they win. So we're going to discuss the Steelers and Browns and we're going to discuss them right after this as we take a short break on the pregame show. Here we go. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Kevin Smith. Kevin, how are you doing, buddy? Doing great, Brian. Looking forward to this uh, Steelers-Browns clash. You know, before the break, you were talking about what the rivalry means to the Browns 
uh, and to the Steelers and how it's meant more traditionally to Cleveland simply because Pittsburgh's dominated the, the, the matchups recently. But uh, I would think that after last year's playoff game, that this one more than any game in recent memory with Cleveland will bear meaning for the Steelers, not just the importance of it within the schedule, but just because of the way that season ended last year. There's just the image of Ben Roethlisberger and Marquise Pouncey sitting by themselves on the bench when the game was over with Roethlisberger knowing Pouncey was done, not knowing whether he would be back in Pittsburgh or not, and maybe thinking this is how I'm going to go out. I just really think that Ben Roethlisberger will have some pointed words to the team this week uh, about this rivalry and, th- and this opponent in particular. Indeed, you you couldn't really say any better than that because uh, I really feel that the, uh, the the Steelers and that that picture, man, I'm picturing it in my head right now, Pouncey and Roethlisberger and how miserable I felt after that game. And I wasn't the one who put my heart out on the field. Um, I am the one one of three that had to go and do a post-game show. And that was one of the worst nights of my BTSC life. <laughs> that was not fun. Uh, but yeah, what did, what did you talk about? You know, like, uh, yeah. you know, I say, Hey, everybody uh, put the sharp objects away. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. We, we had to talk a few uh, fans off the ledge, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But you know, this is uh, this, I think this rivalry got even bigger when, when, what happened? when Miles Garrett swung that helmet. And I think things changed in this rivalry with uh, them winning that game and that assault where it became, look, hey, we are standing up to you. Whether we have to do it fairly or not, we are standing up to Big Brother. And I think that's something that has stuck in with Cleveland and they are feeling it with each game. So this is a team that needs to be knocked down. Or in this case, when it's Brown, flush it down, Kevin. <laughs> you know, I, I, a friend of mine and I actually had this conversation. Uh, this is a, a little while ago, but I just remembered it while you were talking about that. Do you think, and maybe we don't have to flesh this out right now if, if you don't want to, but do you, do you think, w- w- is there any chance Miles Garrett would have ever swung that helmet if that was Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback and not Mason Rudolph? No, I don't think he would. Yeah, I that's think- what I argued. I argued the same thing. And my friend was like, you know, you know, no, because they were making a statement and yada, yada, yada. And I just didn't I just don't think that he would have gone there. No, um, I also feel that it would have been more of a war if you hit Ben Roethlisberger in that situation. Now, that he- may maybe like on the on the lines of, you know, historic NFL fines. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I cannot imagine. I'm not saying the Steelers didn't didn't want to defend Mason Rudolph, but I just believe the level of uh, anger and just, uh, you know, the need to back Ben Roethlisberger would have been so much greater. And they did. And I will just say, I don't think that team would have defended him if they felt he did wrong, like Miles Garrett did allege four or five days later. So, and without getting into all of that, I just, I just feel that, uh, you know, that's water under the bridge and people will say, hey, that's not reason to be mad at Cleveland anymore because that's so long ago. No, that was two years. That was less than two years ago. And it will always stick in, in my head because of what happened on that night. So 
now they came out just a couple of weeks later on December 1st and knocked that team down with Duck Hodges at quarterback. So it, it was great. But the things that happened last year, that rivalry is still bitter. And one of my least favorite players is Baker Mayfield. I cannot stand him. You're not uh, running out to buy progressive insurance or whatever. That no, <laughs> no. I mean, I hate Flo so much, but I would take her any day of the week and twice on Sundays over Baker Mayfield. Just cannot stand the guy. I, uh, I'm not an Ohio State fan, but when he when he plunged that flag in the middle of that field, the way he did it, I was I was livid about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't feel like he's. I feel like he plateaued a little bit, and I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if that has to do with the coaching change and some inconsistency with in his scheme development or. Is it just, you know, has he always been a guy whose bravado has maybe outweighed his uh, production? I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. I don't, I guess I I didn't study his college career that hard. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback, but he's a superstar treatment and he's clearly not a superstar. Absolutely. So let's, with a few minutes that we have left here, how do the Steelers beat this team? And who do they worry about most on offense and defense? Well, something I wrote about in my preview article for the for the site was about Cleveland's running game. The Browns are number one in the NFL. They average 170 rushing yards per game. Only one team this year has held them under 150, and that was Arizona. And, and that's probably because Arizona jumped out to a 20 to nothing lead early in that game and forced Cleveland to have to throw the football. So when Cleveland has wanted to run the ball, they've been able to do it on pretty much every opponent this year. So the Steelers are going to have to find a way to stop Cleveland's run game. That offensive line is fantastic. It's loaded up with number one draft picks. Um, and the Steelers are a little vulnerable right now. We, you know, we saw Seattle run the ball effectively at them in the second half in the last game. And, you know, this, the D line is without Tyson Aloalo and, and Stefan to it has some, some holes in it. So the Steelers are going to have to find an answer to that. I would like to see personally a little more of Isaiah Loudermilk, which I'm kind of shocked that I'm saying that right now, because I, I was one of the doubters when they, when they drafted him, but, he put some good stuff on film against Seattle. The, the biggest thing was, was he didn't get moved. He used his hands well, he anchored in, and they didn't push him off the ball. So that, I mean, that's a solution. I, I think the Steelers can play a little bit more of, uh, you know, their their base 3-4 and use what's called a tight front. So a tight front is a base front where the you know, weak side defensive end plays inside shade on the tackle, which, all, you know, which and, and will pinch to the B gap and, really try to spill stuff to bounce to the edge. And what that means is, is in essence, they're going to try to clog up the middle and force the, the Browns running backs to bounce outside where hopefully the Steelers can get their safeties to play down and run that stuff down in the alley. Because honestly, if Cleveland's able to run the ball in the A and B gaps, basically meaning right up the gut, uh, it'll be a huge problem for the Steelers. So I think they can do some things scheme-wise maybe to try to force Cleveland to run more horizontally. And that would be, uh, I think, a a gamble worth taking. So the uh, man on offense for the Browns, it's it's not Keenum. It's not Mayfield. It's not a receiver. Is it if he plays? And I'm pretty sure he's going to play. Nick Chubb? 
Or if Nick Chubb doesn't play, is it Dearness Johnson? I think it's the offensive line because they're they're such a talented group. Uh, you know, again, you, you think about who they have up there. They've got they've got uh, you know Jedrick Willis, who's a, who's an all pro all pro player. Uh, they've got Shredder the center, who's great. Uh, Wyatt Teller's played really well for him. Jack Conklin's a stud. I mean, these guys, these are first round picks, man, and and all pro players. And they've got the ability to physically dominate a defensive front. So while I don't, the Steelers can't, they're not going to get bigger or stronger or faster uh, in the, over the bye week. But what they can do is they can work on their technique and they can come up with a, an aggressive scheme. Really, in, in my mind, is they, they have to try to penetrate gaps. They're not going to be able to sort of two gap, hold down, you know, hold the line of scrimmage simply by, uh, by just trying to get off the ball. They've got to get into gaps. They've got to run blitz the heck out of Cleveland. they got to do some things scheme-wise that the Browns haven't been prepared for, where it won't matter if it's Nick Chubb or Dearness Johnson or, or anybody. I mean, the holes will be significant. On defense for the Browns, look, we could talk about a lot of talent on that team, but it's Miles Garrett all the way, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. That's the guy that obviously – gets all the attention and, and for good reason, he's one of the best down linemen in the league, but uh, he hasn't done a whole lot against the Steelers the last few, few games. I don't know uh, what his stats are exactly, but um, it's probably more noteworthy for swinging that helmet than he is for anything that he's done between the whistles in the last couple of matchups. So the Steelers have done a nice job neutralizing him. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leery of their secondary too. I think they've got some talented players, you know, Greg Newsom, the rookie who a lot of people talked about as being, a potential draft pick for the Steelers and you know Denzel Ward and the safeties are pretty physical. So I think they've got a good secondary and they've got some, obviously some big names, Malik Jackson, the down, the tackles, uh, uh, you know, a nice player. And I don't know if Jadavian Clown, he's healthy or not, but I mean, I, he's obviously a big name. So yeah, you're right. Big name defense, but I feel more confident about the Steelers ability to move the ball on them by mixing the run in the past than I do on the flip side of, you know, the defense's ability to stop Cleveland's rushing attack. So for me, Kevin, 27-26 Steelers, I'm going to ride with the black and gold and hope. I've, you've already said that the Steelers are going to win. Can you give me a score? Yeah, tw- I'm going to go 23-20 Steelers. Wow, I th- we're thinking the same thing. Well, thanks so much, Kevin. Get ready for this game. It's going to be a fun one. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. And, and uh, it's great to have a meaningful Steelers-Browns game to root for when, when there's a lot on the line. That makes it exciting. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this game. This is a very important game for the Steelers. Here we go. It's the pregame show for Kevin Smith. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Get your terrible towel ready and start rooting and go Steelers. 